So I'm gonna tell you a little bit of a joke. So hopefully you'll get it. <laughs> All right, a husband and wife had been married for 60 years and had no secrets except for one. The woman kept in her closet a shoebox that she forbade her husband from ever opening. But when she was on her deathbed and with her blessing, he opened the box and found a crocheted doll and $95,000 in cash. My mother told me that the secret to a happy marriage was never to argue, she explained. Instead, I should just keep quiet and crochet a doll. Her husband was touched. Only one doll was in the box. That meant she'd only been angry with him once in 60 years. But what about all this money, he asked. Oh, she said, that's the money I made from selling the dolls. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about trust, <laughs> trusting God. Uh, we're going to go to Mark 4, 36 through 41. <laughs> and again, this is in the Amplified. This was Jesus and his disciples. And leaving the throng, they took him with them, just as he was in the boat in which he was sitting, and other boats were with him. And a furious storm of wind, of hurricane proportions arose, and the waves kept beating into the boat so that it was already becoming filled. But he himself was in the stern of the boat, asleep on the leather cushion, and they awoke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush now, be still muzzled, and the wind ceased, sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating, and there was immediately a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. And he said to them, why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith, no firmly relying trust? That's the phrase I want to um, focus in. You have no faith, no firmly relying trust. And then on verse 41, and they were filled with great awe and feared exceedingly and said to one another, who then is this that even wind and sea obey him? So this is a time when the disciples, you know, they didn't have the New Testament like we have the New Testament. They were not 100% sure who Jesus was. They're kind of figuring out as they go who this is. And so they are developing a relationship with him, developing a trust. You know, they like him well enough, but, you know, I mean, it's a big thing to say you're the son of God and you look like us, you talk like us, but there's definitely an authority that Jesus was walking in and, you know, all of a sudden they're scared because of something that, you know, was beyond their control. 
uh, a storm in their life that could take their lives. And he just calms it. He's able to sleep through it. He's not phased by things. And they are like, okay, that's not natural. So maybe he is the son of God. But they're processing all the way through this. They are developing uh, a sense of, is this really the Messiah? And yet they have all the natural to look at as well that's trying to tell them, no, this isn't, I mean, he's just a man. But there's something special about him. But what does this mean? Well, the definition of trust is... um, a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And so trust and faith kind of go hand in hand. If you trust someone, you are going to have faith that they're going to do what they said that they'll do. There are certain people that they could promise you everything in the world and you wouldn't believe it because you don't trust them. And so you, it's very hard to have faith if you don't trust someone. An example is marriage. So if you are married to someone, when you first get married, you have expectations. You kind of think that marriage is going to be this way. If you've read all the romantic princess books, you know, you can have this image of what your knight in shining armor is going to be. And um, if you don't realize it, you can put this expectation on this person in your life that Jesus himself may not be able to meet (laughs) because you just got these huge, you know, this is the way marriage is supposed to be. Uh, You know, you're never supposed to fight. You're never supposed to uh, disagree on anything. I mean, there, there's just different things. You're always supposed to make me feel good. There's, there's things, even if you would say, oh, that's silly, I don't really think that way. But underlying, you know, you can kind of have, um, even though you wouldn't tell yourself that's what it is, you have these expectations sometimes of people, of what you think, whether it's marriage, whether it's, um, you know, even relationships with your parents, um, any kind of relationship in your life, a lot of times we have an expectation of what we think that person should be like. And if that person meets that expectation, then we begin to trust them. You know, if I expect the person, if they say something, uh, that they do it. And so then we trust that. But if they begin to not meet that expectation, we can get hurt. And then if we get hurt, we can begin to put up walls and we begin to distrust that person because we are trying to protect ourselves. So we kind of put this wall up. 
that, well, I don't know. So we begin to lose faith in that person. And the longer that we go, the more that that distrust. Here, marriage is supposed to be where you're married to the person that you are going to trust the most out of anybody in the world, you're gonna trust your spouse the most. And yet, a lot of times, you, I, I have to tell you, I was, I, when I was looking at that joke for, um, for this evening, there are so many jokes about marriage. And honestly, the majority of them are not positive. <laughs> I mean, they're all, you've probably heard them, so I didn't even write them down because I'm like, that's not worth saying. <laughs> but there's so many things that people have gone into marriage, gone into things, and it wasn't what they thought. And, uh, it, and, and there's this hurt that begins to be built. And so here God has said that marriage is one of the most beautiful things that he has created between a man and a woman. You have this bond that you get with one person that you don't have with anyone else. And it's this one person. And yet, that's, what, that's the way that he sees marriage. That's the way that he... And yet, there's so many people that have been hurt and... and they don't have that kind of a marriage the way that God intended it for, be, for it to be. And a lot of it stems from the expectations that we have going into it. You know, uh, anyone that, it, that gets married knows that the person that you're married to is not perfect. And, you know... You, would, you can say that, but sometimes those imperfections or those things where they're different, we can take it and get hurt by it. So the thing, we love parts of it, but then other parts of it can hurt us. And when that begins to happen, it creates a tension in that relationship. And at that point, if we don't have good communication to be able to say, hey, um, just to FYI, I, I think you said this and you were making a dig at me. <laughs> you know? I, I think you were kind of putting me down. Um, I'm not sure, but I want to ask, did you mean it the way that it came off to me? And if you can communicate like that, it allows you to be able to walk through that situation. Because what happens is if you don't communicate those kind of things, then it just continues to build and build and build. And every time your spouse says a certain thing in a certain tone of voice, you're hearing it this way, but that's not necessarily the way that they're meaning it. And when that happens, it puts up huge walls. And instead of marriage being this huge, wonderful blessing from God, the communication has gone down and there is a mistrust. Instead of trusting the person, you, you're expecting that person to hurt you all the time. Every time they open their mouth up, you're like, I think you meant this, and therefore, I'm gonna protect myself. 
And so in marriage we see, and in, not just marriage, I'm using marriage as an example because that's one that is an easy one to see, but in every relationship that we have, you know, if you have a, a boss that maybe says something harshly, you can take it a certain way when maybe that's not how that person, you know, there are just different personalities. And most of the time we marry somebody that is the opposite of us. And so when they say something, they don't mean it the way that we would say it because we're just different. And so the point of that is that if your expectations are a certain way and this person isn't meeting that expectation, it can break down that relationship. And there isn't a trust. And then instead of being in faith for your spouse or for whoever's in your life, instead of being in faith, you are now agreeing that that person is rotten. That is just, you know, you know, not a very good person. And, you, and then the devil is just so happy to join in and to chime in and say, you are right. And let me tell you exactly where they failed. Do you remember when you got married? On the second week, they said this, and this is what they meant. And then, one month, you've only been married one month, and they said this. And that, I, how could they do that to you? You're supposed to be in the honeymoon stage. How could they hurt you? One month. And then it just keeps adding and adding and adding. And the devil will do his best to just remind you and help you keep score. Because he is the one that wants to make something that God created to be a blessing in all of our lives. And he is the one that wants to destroy that. Because he knows that if you are close, and if you are happily married, and if you are now joined together, you are more powerful than you were when you weren't. You have somebody that you are hooked up with and you are running your race together. And so he is on the lookout. He is, the Bible says he is a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He is looking all over the place for marriages, for relationships, for family. Anytime he can divide family, siblings, um, parents and children, any way that he can cause division, he will do it because he knows if you are united, if you are a force uh, that, that is powerful. God has made things in a way to where he did not create us to be isolated. He never created us to be all alone. He created us to be surrounded with people because there's a boldness that comes when we are facing situations together, when we are walking through things. So a couple that's supposed to be locked arms and ready to fight together, instead of fighting together, they're fighting each other. And that is half the battle right there. Because they can't, it's hard to go out and do stuff if there's all this infighting that's going on on the inside. And so 
So we've got these expectations that may or may not even be realistic for that person that's in our life. And then that either builds a trust or a distrust, depending on if those expectations are met. And so from there, if you trust someone, you're going to have faith in them. You're going to believe. And so I made this little sign. I would have made a slide, but Jim wasn't here, so you just have to see this sign. Can you see it? It says, expectations produces trust, and that will produce faith. And so, uh, like I said earlier, I've been reading a lot um, in the Amplified um, the Gospels, and over and over and over, every time where it used to be, uh, where it would focus in on faith, where that was kind of the word that would stand out for me, um, right in parentheses, it would say something like, firmly relying trust. <laughs> and I, I've just been pondering this over and over for a while, and I, I began to realize that in our relationship with God, if we trust him, it is so easy to have faith. It is so easy. It is so easy. Uh, there, are, there are people that I can go to all the time, and they're just such a help, such a blessing in my life. I trust them. If I, if I need to get something done, there are people in my life that I go to because I know it will get done, and I have this trust with them. And this faith in them that if I ask them, it's going to be done. It's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. Well, that is how we are to have this relationship with God, that when we fully believe that God is who he said he is, and that he will do what he said he will do, then faith is easy. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's a no-brainer. Of course, I can trust him, I can count on him, and I believe that if it's in the Bible, it's for me. But just like the devil is roaming around looking for relationships to mess with and to divide and cause a separation. He is doing the same in our relationship with God. He is doing his best to cause us to think, you know what? Yeah, that's in the Bible, but it doesn't work. And a lot of times we don't think of it like, no, I would never think that. But, realistically, if we're looking at what our beliefs are on certain things, we aren't 100% sure. I mean, there's the thing, you know, where you lay hands on the sick and they'll, they'll recover. That is a truth that's in the Bible that was given to all the disciples. Yet, you know, me included, I mean... I'm, I'm not going to go up as easy unless I just know without a shadow of a doubt that God's telling me to do it. Uh, I mean, it's going to have to be kind of a strong thing because, you know, what if I pray for that person and it doesn't happen? 
What? You know what I mean? There's these thoughts that will come, and yet the word is very specific on certain things. And so the devil will do his best to immobilize us, cause us to freeze up, cause us not to believe him in certain settings in our life because we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to take the chance that if I do this and it doesn't come to pass, um, that means either I'm wrong or God's wrong, and it's really easy to start making it that God's wrong, that, there, that God is, you know, and, and we don't even want to go there in thought life, you know. <laughs> so it's like, so you're like protecting yourself and not walking in some of the things that we have. Like, the devil will uh, begin to cause you uh, to remember somebody who was believing for healing and they died. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I want to believe that, you know, whatever illness that I have, uh, that I'll, you know, get healed. But he'll start putting examples in your head and say, well, they're obviously a better Christian in, than you. How in the world, if it didn't work for them, is it going to work for you? And all of a sudden, he will spin things and cause things to come about in a way that he has got us reasoning. And then we are no longer just our eyes focused on Jesus and on who he is. Um, let's look at uh, Hebrews 10, 23. Jim's used this scripture for um, a couple weeks. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. The word right there says that he is faithful. So, when we are in a situation that uh, is not going our way, we can count on the fact that God is faithful. And, and there have been so many times that we have gone through situations in our life and he was faithful. And we can say, yes, I can tell you, way back then there was this time in my life and I needed this amount of money and it came in and he was so faithful. And then there was this time in my life and I needed wisdom in this area and he came through and he gave me this brilliant idea and he was so faithful. And then you're in this new situation and uh, you're like, oh God, I need your help. And the devil is right there on your shoulder to say, not this time. He's not going to come through this time. It's not going to work this time. There's no way. It's just not going to happen this time. And he is so convincing. He, is, he knows us pretty well. And he will say it in a way that you don't even recognize that it's him. <laughs> and there's times where we have to start being on guard and realizing that is not the voice of God. 
The voice of God says he is faithful. He is faithful. And so you're in a situation and you are tempted to fret. You are looking, I mean, the circumstances. The storm is as big as it's ever been in your life. Any storm that you've ever faced, this is the biggest one you've ever had to um, go through. And the devil is like, yeah, he was really big for you when the storm was like this. But this is this, you know, and he will, he will discount all the times that God has been faithful in your life. He will make it look small and say, yeah, of course, that was nothing. Yeah, you probably could have done that on your own. You didn't even need God. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've talked with people and you know, I know, Man, that was a miracle of God <laughs> that happened in your life. I mean, that was huge. And several months later, they began to reason it out and say, well, it probably wasn't as big as I thought it was. You know, well, and you can start discounting it. And the devil is right there, of course, giving you those thoughts. And if you don't recognize that is the devil, that's, it, you know, if you're not on guard, he will convince you that God's not faithful. That had nothing, that was just you. You are so big and tough and mighty, and you were just able to get it done all by yourself. You didn't need God. But he is faithful. He is faithful. He is the type of being that is more faithful than any human can be. He is the type that if you will do what he says in a marriage, if you will walk in love and believe the best about the other person, he will honor his word. He will honor his word. He will make sure that that word will produce a harvest in your life in relationships with other people, believing the best. Now, there are times where you have to be wise. There are certain people that you can't trust with certain things because they're not endeavoring to live for God. <laughs> or this is an area that is not a, a strength in their life. And so, you know, there's certain people that if they have trouble with drugs, you do not want to leave your pocketbook around because it's just too big of a temptation for them. It's not that you don't love them. It's just that this is an area of weakness in their life. So in this area, you don't trust them. But when it comes to the things of God, he is perfect. He doesn't have any weaknesses. And if we will honor him and do things his way, he will be faithful. He will cause it to come to pass in our lives. If we look at um, Mark 5, 33 to 35, this is about the woman with the issue of blood. And again, I, I um, am reading this in the Amplified, and I want you to notice how where faith is on. But it says, But the woman, knowing what had been done for her, though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, this is the woman who had the issue of blood and had spent everything that she had 
going to doctors, and nobody could help her. And she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and was healed. And so in um, verse 34, Jesus is saying, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from faith in God. And that just is, it yells out at me. Trust and confidence in God. He is so big, and we can say that out here. But man, when you are in the midst of the storm, how do we get from, yeah, God's big, he created everything, to, yeah, God is going to do what he said he would do in my life right now. And that is where your trust is developed. Do I trust that God is big? Do I believe that he is going to do what he said he will do, that he's got my back, that he's able to take me in my imperfections and still make something beautiful out of my life? Is that a possibility? Is that the kind of God that I serve or not? And you have this trust thing going on. Yes, but there are so many people that are so much better. God can use them. He can, you know, and, and you can just start to discount how that God can use other people, but he can't use you. That trust is now on the outside. Yeah, I see him doing this and so, through so-and-so and that through someone else. But no, God is the same God that is doing stuff in other people's lives that wants to do those very same things in our life. And there is a confidence that we, uh, as we remember what God did for us 10 years ago, what he did for us 20 years ago, 30 years ago, keep reminding ourselves of how he was faithful, not discounting in any way, shape, or form. Because you know what? The miracle that happened in my life 20 years ago was really big to me 20 years ago. Now, maybe the things that I'm walking through uh, today, there's more pressures, there's more responsibilities, just different things that you're going through, but that doesn't discount what happened 20 years ago where I was at 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I had this amount of faith and he came through and helped me overcome that situation. And so now, yes, things may be bigger and, and look differently, but it's the same God. And he prepared me 20 years ago, and then 19 years ago, and then 18 years ago, and year by year by year, he's been preparing me all along for what I'm doing right now, and for what you're doing. The situation that you are in right now, he prepared you for. Your whole life, he has been preparing you for where you are today, and you are equipped. You are equipped to be able to do what he has for you to do today. And the thing about it is, we have to trust. We have to trust him. Because a lot of times people will say, okay, I just have to get enough word in me. And it is true. Word helps you to trust that 
God has said something in the Bible about you, that is huge. If you have uh, this thing where, you know, you read and he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing up from faith in God, has restored you to health. As you're reading those kind of things, it's like, okay, if he would do that for her, he's going to do it for me. You know, that, it is true. Putting that kind of word into us does produce faith. But then there comes the point where, okay, I have to take it from him doing it for her and put it into my life that I trust that he loves me enough that he would do it for me. I trust him enough that if he, if he would say it in the Bible for someone else, that means he cares enough about me, that he would do that for me. And there is a personal relationship that is developed over the years with him so that when the trials and the different things come and they're stronger and and the assignments that God gives us begin to grow and develop and and you're like I could never have done 20 years ago what I'm being asked to do today well yes that's because God has been developing a relationship with you and he has been showing himself on your behalf over and over so that you will trust him so that you will know that he is capable but also know that he loves you he loves you he's not gonna hold out on you and give it to somebody else that's where the trust comes in that's where it's not just faith for outside here but no I trust you God you said Jesus loves me this I know we've sung that since we were children and yet as we've gotten older and we've been hurt by people we've been hurt by situations in our lives we begin to put this wall up and if we're not careful we've done it with God all of us have to an extent in in different areas of our life where we don't fully trust that he'll come through in that area. And that's when we just say, you know what, God, my confidence is not completely where it should be. And so therefore, I am going to trust you. I'm going to rely on you. I am asking, reminded, of the um, gentleman, the father in, in the New Testament that said, help my unbelief. <laughs> there are just times in our life where we have to say, help me. I, I know you are good. I know you are loving. I know you're kind. Help me to believe that you would do this for me. Help me to see myself the way you see me that you wouldn't hold back on me. I, you know, there are times where I remind myself, I'm serving God. There are so many people around me that aren't serving God. Why would God hold out on me? <laughs> Why would he choose me not to do something for? He has plenty of other people that don't even give him the time of day. I'm giving him the time of day, and I'm giving him time in the night, and I'm giving it, you know, 
I'm living for him. So why would he hold out on me? What's in it for him? Why would he do that? Why would he not? And just because it doesn't happen as soon as I think it should happen, you know, we're in the McDonald's world, and everything's fast, just because it doesn't happen doesn't mean that it's not going to happen, and it doesn't mean that we want to start doing it in our own strength. But we just keep trusting him and saying, you know what, I trust you, God. If you would help someone else, you're going to help me. If you would help someone else in their area, why wouldn't you do it for me? I love you, and your love is more perfect than mine. And so if you're more perfect than I am, then my trust is in that. My confidence is in that. And therefore, my faith is strong because I believe that God is who he said he is. And he will do what he said he will do in my life. And he will be faithful.